The Hello Beautiful Foundation was founded by Jane Hutchison in 2013 after her own diagnosis with breast cancer. She knew in the first week of her diagnosis that she wanted to set up a charity to help other young people learn about health and make cancer a more talked about subject. Hence, the Hello Beautiful Foundation came about to offer free holistic treatment through different gurus who have a wealth of knowledge in their fields, whether that be doctors, nutritionists, spiritualist healers, to hearing the stories of the men and women who have gone through the same struggle. Hello Beautiful is a place to come and learn about many ways to heal. They collaborate with many different charities and organizations who are all making positive steps to change the face of cancer and degenerative diseases forever. Once again, a very warm welcome to Jane and Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us today in this episode of Givey Connect Plus. Can I please ask you both to start us off by firstly introducing yourself, the work that you do, and also some of the most recent projects that you've been involved in as part of Hello Beautiful? Sure. I'm Jane and yeah, this is Kevin. And um, thanks so much for having us here today. It's, uh, we're really excited. Um, so basically, I wanted to create a space um, that I also felt I lacked through my own cancer experience. So I wanted to create a place that was somewhere that was vibrant and colourful and peaceful, full of plants and greenery, a place that could help um, me relax and bring peace. So I wanted to bring that to other people as well. Uh, Kevin and I have a um, design studio called Hello Love. So we have a design and retail background. So it seemed like a perfect opportunity to um, put our skills to good use and design a wellness center that we could really bring all our offerings together. We have a vegan cafe here. We have an event space, a gift shop, a dojo, and we offer a wide range of free sessions to people with cancer and their families. We started off as breast cancer because I had breast cancer, but we, uh, we since evolved for all cancers and we don't turn away anyone now. So we help homeless people, refugees, and um, lots of different, everybody really, everyone that comes because we've got an open door policy. So whoever walks in the door where we can uh, help them in some way. So during the COVID-19 lockdown, uh, we've spent a lot of our time delivering food and juices to local hospitals. This is typical for us in terms of cancer patients, but as Jane has described, we have opened up that offering to homeless people in the area. We see a lot of refugees as well who came uh, before lockdown and, and have gotten kind of stuck into almost being homeless themselves. Uh, so to a large extent, we've also been trying to provide support activities for those folks as well. The COVID-19 pandemic has created an interesting uh, dilemma for us, but hopefully during this conversation today, we'll be able to go into some of the various different things we've been doing. Thank you, guys. You touched on some of your very important projects as well. And it's very inspirational that you guys have been extending help even during the time of COVID. And we'll get into that in more detail in a bit. So you guys mentioned some of your services just now. And while I was doing a little bit of research on your organization, I noticed quite a few interesting and unique services that you guys provide, such as some um, workshops on art therapy and organic juicing. 
And not only that, you guys also have holistic classes and guidance programs. So could you please tell us more about some of these interesting services and how they are being run and how they work at the moment? So, yeah, so we have a variety and ongoing. We always take on new things all the time. So we do lots of lots of different festivals as well, mini festivals. So that might be um, one year we did a hemp and CBD festival and another year it was all about well-being and so many different things we have cosmetics a cosmetics festival we did all organic brands that are full of non-toxic ingredients but day to day we do loads of holistic practices they're run by we have experts in their fields practitioners and lots of nutritionalists doctors different people that come to do whether it's a talk a workshop or holistic practice Um, so they have all happen within our space But the special thing about them is they're open to everybody, not just cancer patients. So cancer patients come for free, but all other people come and pay and that helps fund the cancer patients as well. So we're not a traditional charity. We don't normally do fundraisers. You buy a service and that's donated to charity. So you're getting something good and you're also giving to a good cause as well. So as uh, Jane described, we try to meet people where they are as a part of their lifestyle. So when you mentioned something like art therapy, many people like the idea of art, but don't actually get to participate in art. So one of the things that we do is to allow them to have art workshop sessions in addition to coming away with a nice piece that they can use and think about forever. They can also use this as a time to mentally de-stress. So a lot of the conversation is around mental health, the things that we can do to to release stress and tension. Uh, You also mentioned the organic juicing. So one of uh, the main uh, proponents of our program here is based on the Gersten protocol for cancer uh, treatment. Uh, This uh, protocol is not specifically just for cancer, but has also been shown to help things such as arthritis, dementia, other sorts of degenerative diseases such as diabetes. And the good thing about something like juicing is that these vegetables and these fruits are things that are locally accessible in the grocery stores. So our key is just to show people instead of going to a fizzy drink, as an example, to maybe uh, purchase a juicer, put this in their home. And when they want something with a slightly sweet taste to it, then they can lean toward the juice as opposed to a fizzy drink. Awesome. Thank you, guys. That really sounds like you kind of are utilizing a very wide variety of you know experts and kind of using their gifts to help not only cancer patients, as you said, but also anyone who wants to access these services. So amazing. Thank you so much for elaborating on that. While sticking on the services that you guys provide, I also noticed that there's a whole page that's dedicated to an initiative that's called Non-Toxic Practice and Illness Prevention, which is centered on eradicating all toxic substances from daily life. And this sounds like a very, very cool initiative. So if you could tell us a little more detail about this. Thank you. This is something we created way back when I was first diagnosed, when I realized all the different healing things. It was a daily practice and a constant lifestyle changes that we needed to do to start to strip out toxins. So everything from what I was drinking to what I was putting on my skin. So 80% of breast cancer tumors are 
found to have everyday chemicals in them. So that's from shower gels, from cosmetics. Our skin's our biggest organ on our body, so it seeps in so many toxins. So first I realized I needed to get rid of toxins in my body and my hair, everywhere on my body. And then it was what I was eating, getting rid of sugar and processed foods and eating more of an organic diet and really building the immune system from the inside out. And then finally, I realized that my mental health and my whole like spiritual health really needed working on to get rid of stress and anxiety and just become a better person, really. Yeah, so many so daily practices and we're constantly learning all the time. Uh, Kevin can probably go into a bit more detail. Yeah. So as Jane described there, you know, the basis of our uh, non-toxic practice is really divided on three separate and distinct levels to a certain extent. Things kind of flow seamlessly between them, but those three levels are mind, body, and spirit. So in the first instance, we try to use mindfulness and positive emotional awareness to strip out stress and anxiety. These things cause various different types of mental health issues to occur. And if you can imagine being stressed all of the time, your body itself starts to feel the effects of just the, the mental traumas that you're going through with, with these various different types of emotional anxieties. So from there, we really talk about the body. This really takes place in terms of the foods that we're eating, leaning away from foods that are heavily processed, that have a lot of genetic modifications, a lot of excess sugars that the body is really not designed to break down. And we also try to communicate a, a plant-based diet. We don't tell people they must be vegan, as an example, but we tell people that our bodies are really more designed to, to handle plants. So to the extent possible to make plants the primary source of nutrition. This, again, goes into our cosmetics. And as Jane described, our skin being a very big part of you know, how we absorb life in general. We think about cosmetics and the things that we're putting onto our skin, the things that we're putting into our hair. If these are laced with chemicals, it only makes sense that those chemicals are going into our bloodstream and into our body and therefore becoming a problem to us over time. We are heavy proponents of non-toxic cosmetics, cosmetics that are, again, hopefully organic and natural in nature. And, and free from chemical synthetics. The third piece is the spiritual element, and this is not to be confused with religion in any way. This is really how we interact with the world around us, uh, whether or not that is planet Earth or whether or not that is the people and animals that we inhabit Earth with. So some of these spiritual practices might be something like meditation, where we're going internal to our, our mental self and our spiritual self to, again, figure out how best to interact with the world around us. We talk about uh, what happens in the dream state. So a lot of us go home and we go to sleep and we dream. To a certain extent, these dreams are made up of our subconscious and our subconscious offers info and information into daily life that we might not be able to access otherwise. So the dream state uh, when we get good at these types of practices, help us navigate the waking state. Another thing that we really like to focus on is Qigong and Tai Chi and yoga. Although these have a 
a physical nuance to them, which would feel more like a, a body practice because you're doing uh, exercise. It still very much has a, a spiritual connection, the way you go through the movements and the way you try to open the various chakras and connect uh, with the world around us. So together, mind, body, and spirit, we feel that this is a holistic approach to health and wellness. There are various different practices out there that have been practiced for thousands of years around the world. And to the extent that we can bring some of those practices together to form a sustainable existence that's non-toxic in nature, this is what we try to do. It's important as well to stress that when you get diagnosed with cancer or something, it's not that you have to do all of these things all at once because that often stresses people out and stress isn't good. So I was diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago and it's just doing a little bit of changes and seeing what's right for you and what's right for one person might not be right for another. So you have to find that one thing. So for me, Qigong was amazing and other things might not have worked so well for my personal experience. So we just tell people to, you know, really embrace different things and see what works for them. It's almost like your body will tell you what is right and your intuition will tell you what is right for you. But it's just making changes throughout life as well. So we're still learning and growing and the dream work is just quite a recent thing we've started to do. So it's just like you learn all these new things, different things come to you. So it's just like every day, just practicing, practicing mindfulness, practicing being kind to others. And the more you practice, the more toxins you strip out. So it's a, it's an ongoing thing. Amazing. Thank you so much. And that was very interesting to listen to just about how you touched on all aspects of mind, body and spirit. It was very cool to to hear that you, uh, you guys have been working on that and working on how to make a whole holistic approach to sustainable practice. Um, and yeah, just this entire mission that you guys have been working on. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are curious to get involved and like get into more volunteering with Hello Beautiful. So is there like a specific process that you guys have or just that anyone can apply to be a volunteer for Hello Beautiful? anyone can apply and because we've got a place that's open all the time people just come in every day and ask and approach us uh, we have lots of students uh, lots of interns that come and help then we have lots of events so it might be someone helps just for the specific event or just for a festival that we're doing so people either interns can stay like three months other people come just for one day or one hour so every help is really appreciated one of the things that we kind of like to do is really encourage collaboration. And, and there's a couple of other places in this dialogue that we'll have today that we'll, we'll come back to the theme of collaboration. But when it comes to something like supporting the charity, we really need to look toward other brands to work with and collaborate with, because in many instances, these brands are able to do a fundraiser that's fun for, for their employees, whether or not it's a run or whether or not it's a golf outing or a swim meet. There's so many different ways that people can get involved and participate without it necessarily feeling boring. So as we use artists as an example, we have about 400 or so artists at any given time through our space in London who are creating artworks and contributing a percentage of those sales to the charity. And so not just the Hello Beautiful Foundation, but a pool of different charities that we support, both health and wellness on the cancer side, but also mental health, 
animal rights, animal shelters. We are always keen to work with good causes, good social causes. When it comes to collaborating with us, volunteering, we also work with the schools, as Jane mentioned before. Many of the schools provide interns to the Hello Beautiful Foundation, and they actually get class credit for participating in our experience. And those internships are really based on the student's interests. So if a student is interested in media, then maybe what their job description will be uh, in the charity is to do podcasts and talk to Jane and Kevin, or they might be interested in doing something that's more holistic in nature. So they might be leading uh, some yoga classes and sessions. So it's very flexible. Anybody and everybody can volunteer time, energy, and their general uh, excitement for helping other people, because that's the basis of what we're trying to do, help as many people as possible. It takes a community of people to help folks get through cancer and other uh, diseases that, that hospitalize them in many times. Amazing. Thank you, Kevin. You said that very beautifully, that it takes a whole community of people to bring about change to any major issue in society. So thank you. You beautifully elaborated on that. And I want to take a moment to step back a little bit and go into more detail about the background behind Hello Beautiful because we know that you guys are doing such amazing work now, but um, how did your story actually begin? So really in the, right from the beginning, when I was first in the hospital, um, there was lots of different touch points that really made me understand that I really needed to start a charity. So first was, we noticed that other people that were in the hospital had no one with them. And it was only seemed to be me that had lots of different friends and visitors with me each time. So we decided that a wingman program was really useful. So we set up a wingman program so no one needs to go through cancer alone. Usually someone that's already been through the cancer experience offers their services. And it doesn't mean that they have to go to hospital with them, which but that is great. But it might be they just need someone to talk to, to go to the cinema, to go for a coffee. It's just having that person, that connection. So that was one thing initially that we wanted to do. But then another thing was I used to get brochures and things with people looking really sad and miserable and really depressed on them. And being a designer, I wanted to bring not the beauty within cancer, but the beauty in change and the beauty in scars and the beauty of things that happen in life are not great, but what can be brought from that beauty and change. So we really wanted to create a lot of art exhibitions. We wanted to talk about cancer openly. So we realized lots of people didn't really understand what cancer was. They didn't understand the many different breast cancers you can have. So some people might have a mastectomy, some have a lumpectomy. So we wanted to make it more visual to help educate people and just bring not fun side about cancer, but more of a, this is part of life sort of thing and we can get through it together. And it's for me, cancer was a opportunity to change my life. And it was a horrible journey at the time, but I'm so glad I went through it. So I just wanted other people to not be in this state of constant depression when they had cancer. And then another thing that happened was seeing the hospital food in the wards was just horrendous really the things is full of cake and sugar and processed food so we understood then the importance of juicing and the importance of eating plant-based food so again that brought up how we've got a juice bar now and the restaurant 
So all these different things. And then the holistic practices really helped me with side effects I was having from chemo. Um, I had a thing called lymphedema because they removed um, my lymph nodes in my arm. And Qigong has helped me completely heal that lymphedema. So all these different practices that happened to me personally, I just realized how amazing they were for myself and other people. So we decided, yeah, Hello Beautiful was to be created. <laughs> Thank you. And that was a uh, very inspirational as well, how you had gone through that and that you wanted to kind of bring change to that. So I, I can't say enough how much that inspires me. So thank you, Jane. If we take a look around us at the moment, we're seeing a little bit of a recovery from the COVID crisis at the moment, but we all can agree that it's been a very challenging last couple of years for everyone. Everyone's been affected. And have you guys encountered any problems or issues or maybe just some problems or issues since you guys first started this charity? Just a little bit about that and how you overcame them. I think now that we're getting through the pandemic, one thing we've really learned is how I mean it was great doing zoom calls and zoom sessions and all these different things online but the one of the most important things is one-to-one -one and group sessions and in-person sessions so we've realized there's been a huge lack of people connecting together and loads of people that are come to us have real mental health problems and our lack of togetherness so there's only so much you can do on your own so we definitely see that people coming together and sharing their stories and experiences is such a there's a greater shift in the healing process so we've realized how important basically hella beautiful and places like this are where people can physically come and share and be together so that's a almost a positive learning in a way that these places are really needed awesome just on that problem of like losing face-to-face -face connection are you guys trying to bring that back at the moment encouraging more face-to-face -face sessions or is that still a little less at the moment and you're still sticking to online how's it going at the moment we're starting to introduce more and more in-person workshops now um, and also it's like getting people to be confident enough as well to come lots of people are really up for it and really excited but some are a bit if they've been sheltered for so long, then it's almost even to be around other people is a bit of a big step. So, yeah, we're slowly introducing them and hopefully we can do a lot more because we see the massive benefit when we do do them. And people are so excited when they actually come and it's a really happy, happy time. Awesome. That sounds really good. And I know things are going to go in a great positive direction. So thank you for that, Jane. Just since we're recovering now or just in terms of maybe difficult times in the past. Do you have any personal advice or tips for other charities? Well, this is, uh, again, we have to, we must come back to this again, that term that you said there, collaboration, because even if we strip out brands and artists, the charities themselves need to be working uh, together because there's so mm -hmm. many different charities out there that have so many different good things going on. Uh, if they're not sharing their knowledge, if they're not sharing their resources, then they're all ultimately trying to go at it alone. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen in some uh, circles is that the charities are almost feeling like they're in competition with one another. And this is really the wrong way to look at it. I mean, we should not at any point in time think that we're better than any other cancer charity. At every opportunity that we can, we should we we should work with these other charities and we should talk to them about what's worked well and you know how we can 
uh, work together to make society as a whole a much better place. So this is still number one for us in terms of advice to other charities, because it comes down to this collaborative effort on, on every single element, whether or not that is how you offer a program and give a program uh, to the community or whether or not that's how you stay alive in a, in a post-pandemic world where there is so many financial setbacks that go along with forced closures and uh, lockdown restrictions and so forth and so on. So the collaborative thing really you know, goes through most parts of the, the journey for a charity. And so it's really important that they, they really integrate this into their existence. Yeah, because really, as one thing, because we're not from charity backgrounds and setting up the charity, I thought, oh, it's going to be so great. We're going to have so many connections of other charities and they're going to want to work together. But we've really been surprised at the lots of, especially cancer charities, have just not wanted to collaborate. And you'd think cancer was a global, united thing and we'd all want to work together. So, you know, we really hope that more cancer charities especially start to look at each other together they're all on the same path and same journey and the same goal. So we really need to use our, like Kevin said, resources and work together. So fingers crossed it will shift. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, definitely. It's more important, like very important as well for the charities to work together to share their experiences and resources as well, just as you mentioned. So yes, that's equally important. And just in terms of your journey, it's obviously been a learning experience you've been working for so many years now with working with all of these brands and experts and a whole uh, community so I just wanted to know this is like one of my favorite favorite questions to ask is there a motto or like a quote that you live by or you uh, use it to drive you forward in life and if you could share that with us as well sure I mean I think we have so many really so <laughs> to narrow it down is hard but we did create, because we're obviously designers, uh, we created a series of limited edition screen prints called Non-Toxic Path, really to help people on their own journey, whether they have cancer or not. They're just very inspiring quotes. Um, one of my favorite ones of those is called Be Fearless. And it says, be fearless in your approach to becoming what you're destined to be. Envision your dreams and then mold life into those realities. So that was that's a very popular one. <laughs> it's great to have it on your wall and read it every day. Yeah. So if you go, if you dive into what Jane has just said there, start you off with a positive, you know, attribute to say be fearless and 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 empowers you to to go forward, even though you're may be uncertain uh, about what the future holds. You may potentially have some degree of fear but you have to almost release that fear because that ultimately you know sets you back and so ultimately we're all destined to be something and so when we empower ourselves to take on that challenge uh to become what we're destined to be uh then we can really become who we are meant to be and in the process we just mold life into the realities that we ultimately want to see happen. And so a lot of circles call that manifestation. Uh, it's, you know, very similar in terms of how you approach that thought process. 
Yes, absolutely. Being fearless. It's, it's a short quote, but if you dive deeper, you can kind of get lots of messages and themes from it. So thank you so much, Kevin. And you elaborated again on that very beautifully. And I just am curious about Hello Beautiful and what's coming up next for you guys. So surely you guys have some short-term goals and some long-term goals. Um, so what are some of the goals that you guys kind of want to accomplish in the near future? Uh, I think we're always thinking way to the future, aren't we? <laughs> so I have loads of long-term goals. Like I'd love to open more Hella Loves all over the globe. I mean, obviously short-term more in London and then further afield in the UK. Uh, but we'd like to see these all over the place. But one of my personal goals and dreams has always been to have a palliative care service that's more about, obviously, palliative care is in later stages of life and to really have a place where death is talked about openly and it's not something that's feared or hidden and a place that's full of love and different healing practices that help with that tradition, that transition from, you know, where do we go after this life and just having an open dialogue so lots of people are so scared of death and don't talk about it so I just wanted a place you know all about palliative care that is just about healing and love and just brings it more into the open yeah the other thing that we also would like in addition to some of the smaller boutique style venues similar to the one that we are currently operating we would love to have a much larger venue uh, that's slightly more of a destination that allows more people to benefit when we have some of these very good speakers uh, and holistic practitioners if you have to do it on a small scale then not everybody gets to have access so in a larger venue then we might be able to have more access and allow this uh, great message that jane has created through the hello beautiful foundation to really flourish Amazing. Yes. And I hope I can one day visit your beautiful boutique in London as well. So that's on the bucket that's list right. for sure. So thank we you. get one in New Zealand. <laughs> yes, get one in New Zealand. Amazing. <laughs> I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll spread the word and take everyone I know there. So yes. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. I really can't thank you enough for participating today in this episode.